T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. DA with you. This is the show within the show. The show about the show. Available on iTunes at Permission Granted Podcast. Also available on iTunes at the normal DA Show podcast feed. Whereas joins me now, a few housekeeping items. Number one, last week, side B of this bad boy. You telling Berman he was the poop of the punch ball at the party was fantastic. He was audibly rattled. You could hear it. You could hear it. He was rattled around here in the newsroom. He was asking everybody about it. He wanted to prove his innocence. That was amazing. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. What The best part about that was everything you heard on Side B, you're hearing in a taped podcast form, was really live when it was happening. Berman had no idea what we were going to talk about and what we were going into, and he had only seen the headline of the previous PGP where he knew there was a creep at the party, and he had mentioned that he thought about who could be the creep at the party, not knowing it was him, and the looks on his face the tension, and he still isn't letting it go. In fact, rounding up anybody who was at the party to possibly tweet at both of us to try to proclaim his innocence, this is, we're going to have to hear a lot of things at the advisory board here. So this is pretty amazing because you have the original, this is a four-part saga. You have, (laughs) four weeks ago, we did a preview of the Birth DA podcast. Right. That involved who's going to come, Berman's going to come, all that stuff. Then the aftermath of it, that was two weeks ago, and declaring that Berman rubbed a couple of patrons the wrong way because he was drunkenly taking photos of people when they were enjoying cocktails. They didn't didn't know him. Then... (laughs) You have Berman. last week you approaching him about being the quote unquote creeper, and now us discussing his reaction to it. So this is just like the OJ doc. Yeah, this is exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, at first he fought it tooth and nail. Didn't want to be the perv. You kept calling him the perv. It wasn't pervy. I never said it was pervy. I agree that you never said it was pervy. I was doing my job to really rattle him more and let him know he was a perv. You were stoking the flames. You have to. It wasn't about perviness. It was simply there were people that didn't know who he was and he was taking photos of other people when they were drunk and that's always uncomfortable because people go, well, where's this going to end up? And here's the thing. At first he fought it. I'm not a perv. I don't want to be the perv. He was Palmero in court, just waving his finger. Wagging his finger. He has since softened the stance because he's now realized that the concern is not perviness. The concern was you were taking photos of people that didn't know you. And he can't deny that because he even showed us pictures. 
You know what's funny about that? It's almost as if he was a criminal arrested for something, right? And you come in, and he's got his lawyer with him, and he, he's trying to fight tooth and nail. And we do the job of, of the whole pervy thing. We get that in his mind. All he wants is that cleared. So now he's been cleared of murder, but he'll take the manslaughter yes. charges. Yeah, and I think... I think there was no intention of him to be a pervy. I really don't. I don't. No, I don't think it's not, a pervy bone in his pocket. <laughs> it's not his bit. But his bit has always been when you're in a compromised situation, drunk, looking sloppy, shirt off, looking rumpled, whatever, he wants to take a photo of that to basically make fun of you to text you that photo every so often. Right. Or here's the problem. It's not just text. You know, if you're arguing with somebody over Twitter – and he thinks it's funny, even if it's in-house between yeah. people you know, yeah. all of a sudden he'll get involved and just tweet a picture of one of the culprits, whether it be right. me or whoever else, and he just has those things sitting there, like almost like your your hot keys of drops you play on the show. <laughs> yes. His pictures are his drops. Yes. He drops in. Yes, and so that's what people were a little concerned about. So he can't really fight that because he's like, I didn't take any pervy pictures. And I said, I never said, nobody called you a perv, so he sent us all the pictures. <laughs> but here's the thing, none of them were pervy. But there was a lot of pictures of us drunk. Right. And nobody likes that existing either. I agree, because when you're drunk and you're hanging out with friends, and you know, let's not try to be all ho- hoity-toity here. Okay, we're very professional sometimes in the air. The weekend comes, we're going to get turned up a little bit. You know what sure. I mean? You don't want everybody seeing you that way. You only want your inner circle seeing you that way. And the problem with Berman is even if he thinks somebody's comfortable with that, in this day and age of pictures, you never know who's in the background of these pictures that then they zoom in, and then there's this person acting like an idiot, too. He might say, I don't have pictures of all these people. Well, how many people are in the background of this? You zoom in, you make something of it. And he might not have intended to use these photos against people he didn't know. Right. But if he's out there taking pictures of me or people that he does know, me, Berman, Ward, whatever... Uh, me, Brock, Ward, whoever it was, and then there's somebody else next to them, or they're just seeing Berman take those photos. They're like, hey, is he taking photos of me too when I don't, I'm, not, I'm not looking? And it's going to make people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. And, and I he totally needs to agree. quit that. That's, a, it's, that's just a bad look because then it seems like he's out to get other people. Well, I would say this. We sat in this. It's bad behavior. I was, we sat in the studio, what, two, three weeks ago, and we discussed this about before Berman even knew he was the, the creep, and we discussed how to go about it. Would he be invited to the next birthday? You don't want to exclude him. I think that PGP three weeks ago into his intervention last week, mm. I think was the best thing that happened to Berman mm-hmm. because I think he will recess a little on the pictures. I think it is so ingrained in the back of his mind mm-hmm. that he was basically called a perv and then take a perv off the record yeah. that I don't think he wants to make that mistake again. I think the PGP may have saved Jay Berman and made him a better person. I hope so. Because as I said... <laughs> I guess you're not buying. Well, I hope so, because right. as I said, I like having Berman around at the party. I just don't want other people feeling uncomfortable. But but now, that, then, he's, now that he's aware of it, yeah. if you catch him in a situation, whether it be at a party or uh, I'm going to Tampa with him, because now he's apparently hooked on with my friends to my annual giant trip, which uh-huh. who needs that? Uh-huh. If he does that, all you have to simply do is turn to him and go... Remember what we discussed about in the PGP? Almost like a dog that you put you know, put the newspaper in its face. Remember we did this? So you don't pee pee on the rug anymore. Yeah. You got to tell Berman. I think if you tell him, it's almost like that flash of light will go off and it said, okay, all right, I'll stop. All right. Okay. So that's the uh, first. You would hope if he's human. You would hope. Yeah. You would hope. And and, and I hope he does learn for the better on this. Um, number two, 30 for 30, Mike of the Mad Dog documentary, which is going to drop on Thursday on ESPN. Just going to drop. We discussed this a year ago. Right. More than a year ago, because I think I recorded that last April. 
I think we also recorded a PGP you talking about right when you got out of the interviews, which they were doing mere 10 feet from where we're sitting right now. So, yeah, I, I think it was last April. I Because I, I remember being surprised it was going to take that long for it to come out. Yeah. So I saw the premiere at the uh, Tribeca Film Festival a couple of weeks ago. And I... A couple of weeks ago? Yeah, that was like March 2. Was it March? I'm pretty sure it was March. I think that was during the World Baseball Classic, if I remember. Mm. So it was a long time ago, and um, I do make the film, but only for a brief second. I'm in it for like 15 seconds or so, which I'm just happy I was in there. As we talked about... I could see you pausing the DVR right now to take that picture and put it on Instagram. It's no, coming, isn't it? No question. There's no question. Can I pre-like it? I mean, can we- my, <laughs> yeah. my girlfriend said, do you want to have a watch party? I'm like, no, I think that's too much. I'm in it for 15 seconds or whatever. So we're not going to do that. But um, but the thing is, they use all of my high school footage. When you watch this film, think about this. Mike and the Mad Dog began in 1988, I want to say, 1989, something like that. That sounds right. Because the fan launched in 87. They weren't, they weren't, they weren't the, no, the first it, show on the fan. Pete Franklin was the first afternoon show, I believe. So I, I want to say 89. So let's say it's 89. Okay. From 1989 until they got simulcast on Yes. When did Yes begin? 09? No, well before 09. Oh, 05? Yeah, I would say it was right around the Jason Giambi song. I'm going to say 03, 04. 03, 04. Okay, so let's say that they started being simulcast in 03. Okay. That is 14 years that they were on the air without a television. Without right. a television simulcast, which means there's 14 years missing of them talking to one another that you would use in a film. There's all the audio of it. There's no video of it. So when 1997 rolls around and I'm in high school and we bring our video cameras inside the studio to tape them doing a show, thankfully the producers of the 30 for 30 reached out to me and said, hey, we saw some of your stuff on YouTube that you've done. Do you still have that footage? I said, yeah. They go, please, protect it with your life. Can we get a copy of it? I said, sure, that'd be great. And they used a bulk of the shots. When you see them in studio during the 90s, anytime during the 90s, it's almost always going to be That's pretty footage cool. of our shot. So, like, the whole time I'm watching it, my girlfriend came to the um, the to the premiere with me. I'm only on screen for, I mean, 10 seconds, 15 seconds. But then every shot I'm like that's my shot I grabbed her wrist I'm like that's that's our shot that's my shot that's my shot so my shots are a, really throughout the whole thing but nobody will know that yeah see okay I think that's first of all I think that might be cooler than being in it it's just you know you're on TV anyway you do NFL network stuff and I, I get that this kind of lives on forever but knowing that those are your shots and you knowing that and people close to you knowing that I think is cool enough for me mm. but the question is at the end you are in it are you credit because those 30 for 30s they credit you know all that stuff are you credited at the end, video courtesy of... Yeah, I'm credited. I don't know if the guys that I was with that... that Because um, I filmed some of it, they filmed some of it. Ooh. I don't think they're in it. And and that might be on me. I, I have tension up in Warwick? Apple I don't picking know. season going to get awkward? I, you know what? Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought that they would reach out to me to see like who officially was on it. or I, I would have emailed them, I think, about all the names, but I don't know if they used them. I have to double check again. I didn't see all the all the script credits, Ooh, but um, that could be a big big boat. Of, mm, you know, DA big radio star forgets where he came mm, from, uses mm, our footage. We don't get credit in the documentary. But I put together a kind of best of of the that footage in the documentary. That you put the work into that you gave them. Um, no, that I put on YouTube, and I the first slate is all of our names. Okay, so I have personally. 
you know, giving them the promotion. Yeah. I don't. YouTube, Big Thirty for Thirty, and ESPN. I'm sure, that that weighs the same for them. <laughs> That'll even out. Um. So today we also talked. Speaking of the fan, about Chris Christie filling in on the fan, right? Because uh, she's now doing a couple fill-in shifts now that they're looking for Frances's replacement. Um, I was in there last month, uh, last week. He's in there this week. I, I just think he comes off so grating, so obnoxious. And I get that that can work in the radio world. Yeah. But I said, I think our bosses are making a bad decision putting him in there. I was kind of stunned when you said that. Not that you feel that way, that you really, because just last week you were in that same seat filling in. So many ways, I personally disagreed with you, but I'm proud of you for doing that. If you that's how you feel, man up, put the balls on the table and let's do it. <laughs> Well, I just think, yeah, I don't like their decision to basically what I think is compromising what is one of the most historic time slots in the country. They're doing it. I mean, I can't imagine Chris Christie as a governor is going to be a long-term solution for them in the afternoons. I just can't imagine that. But what if he's good? What if he's good? What if he can literally talk nuts and bolts sports and be entertaining every day? Well, I don't think he can. Okay. Okay. And I've heard enough to make me think he's not going to get good enough one day. See, I think he can. I really do. I when I turn on the radio and I hear Chris Christie filling in the fan, like he does a pretty good job. I think he's far more knowledgeable than I would have given him credit for, which probably says something about his governorship. Yeah, I was going to say that's <laughs> that he has that much time thing. to pay attention to the Yankees bullpen and you know bring up Jonathan Holder and have actual factual points. Probably says his priorities are all out of whack. But yeah. I, I think. I think naturally, as a, first of all, because he's a political figure, he could speak anyway and swindle. Anyway, I think that comes across, and I think he's pretty entertaining on the radio. I really do. Yeah, I don't. I, I just don't like his whole tact. And I didn't like his tact with Mike and Montclair, just like calling him a name and then cutting him off. And as I said on the air today, when you know this now, having worked with me long enough, right. if somebody's going to come at me and really fire away, I am going to give them more leash than somebody that I agree with. For sure. It's one of the things I love the most about the show, especially when we were on the overnights and and we would get some real messed up calls who would make no point to you and then really try to attack you. I mean, and we even played up feuds that you had with the one guy who said LeBron was going to return to Cleveland, if you remember that. Yeah, he ended yeah. up having his own liner. So we go above and beyond The guy that, that so said I, you're choking on your show right, right now in right. Toronto. And Christy cut them off. See, I look at it as if you're Christy, and we all know Mike, Mike Frances is leaving, you probably had this show lined up, I would assume, before this incident on the beach that just took place where there's a shutdown, a budget shutdown and everything. You're going to have to field a couple questions, but at some point you're going to have to get to make this a sports talk radio show because if we do back-to-back days of eight hours of your fat ass on the beach and Kohler's angry at you because he's not well-liked by a lot of people, then he doesn't have a fair shake in my mind to try out for the spot he's looking for his next job, if, yeah. if he is looking for it. I could see that. I mean, the background on this is that that clip with him fighting with a caller on WFAN went viral. It got picked up everywhere. Right. And we discussed it on Tuesday's show in Soundcheck. Yeah, so we played that audio. And the background is that Christie has some of the lowest approval ratings historically ever in that state. He's got like 14% approval rating. With good reason. Yeah, because he's just been embroiled in a ton of scandals and uh, just a ton of controversy. And then last week for the 4th of July, there was a budget impasse in the state. And that meant that no state services could go on during 4th of July, which shut down all public beaches. It was like... I think 25 or 40 public beaches in the state of New Jersey. Right. 
And he has a beach that he has access to from the governor's mansion or one of his residences. One of the governor's residences happens to be along the strip of these public beaches. So in that private residence, he can walk right out into the ocean and be on this strip of beach that no person living in Jersey can yeah. because of a government shutdown that he's part of. Right. So he's part of a budgetary impasse. Everything is shut down. Nobody can go to the beach on the 4th of July. Everybody's irate about this. It's hot. It's sweaty. People just want to go to the beach. It's one of the reasons they live in New Jersey, high taxes, all that. And then it's shut down, but he's on it and he's photographed on it. And when he's asked about it afterwards, he says, well, if you want to be on the beach, be the governor. So right. that got a lot of people very and, upset. And lied the first time when people knew that these pictures out and he didn't know the pictures were out yet and said, oh, I wasn't getting any sun. And then when the pictures come out, he's wearing a hat. His excuse is, well, I was wearing a hat. <laughs> right. I mean, just the dumbest lies exactly. known to man. So I just think that's his tact in sports radio, too. And it's like, but, see, I'm I right, you're sport, wrong. But I think it's sports radio. That works. That works because Francesa made a living of I'm right, you're wrong. Fair. And they, New Yorkers yeah. have listened to that. That's true. The main problem I have with Christie is I think I'm a rare breed in a listener in that I don't think many, and we live in a very, uh, the tri-state area itself, I shouldn't say we, is very you know liberal-oriented. It's a blue state. So with him being, or blue states, a lot of listeners here, I don't think they could separate him in his conservative ways, and on top of just being a conservative, being a really crappy governor with a lot of, you know, everyday Joe scandals, screwing people over on the beach, and he had another problem with a bridge where he's screwing people over in traffic, I think that will sour in a lot of people's minds, and they won't care what he has to say about the Yankees and Aaron Judge and be entertaining that way, where I, I feel like I could separate it, a lot of people can't, and I think that's where it backfires. Maybe so. Um, maybe so. Because if the- you listen to Christie, and you're just going to remember all the... You know, he jerked you around if you sat in traffic because he had a bridge shut down that he was a part of, or yeah. supposedly, or you couldn't get to the beach that weekend. Do you really want to hear what he has to say about an Eli Manning interception on a Monday? I think that's fair, but also I I think that he comes off as such an obnoxious jerk about his governorship. Yes. That even if you disagreed with his politics, if he was a guy that was more like, hey, I want to listen to both sides, you just like, like a more... He is the ultimate, I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, if... Even or or he doesn't care that he's a crappy governor. That's right. That's another part. It doesn't care that he's screwing o- over right. people, like with with transit delays and the the GW Bridge scandal, and he just hasn't cared. That he has- exactly, he hasn't shown any empathy. Oh, I might have got this one wrong, any or not even admitting that you're wrong. He hasn't shown any resolutions to anything either. Where that annoys people and but really ticks them off. But he's also done it in sports because he's right. a Cowboys fan and he's ripped Giants and Eagles fans, which is his entire. His entire state. He has trashed Eagles fans. And and he's danced around to the Cowboys uh, luxury suite. Which has made me sick before, but in many ways, what I'm looking for in Sports Talk Radio and be entertained, I almost admire it. I almost admire him not giving a bleep. I almost admire him taking down the you know the hands that feed him, and maybe he will be entertaining on the radio. Maybe. So he's just the ultimate villain. Yeah, and I think villains work. Now, how long they work or... If they work, or I mean, who knows if he'll even get this job, but when I'm listening to him fill in, I kind of like that villain part of it. Hmm. You don't have to like a guy to listen to him. I mean, how many people hate Francesa, but he gets ratings in New York every day? Yeah, no, that's true. I'm sure there are people that hate me and you. No, no that question will about it. still tune in. But, I, yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. Um, no, you are right about a lot of that. I just think, though. Wow. Well, can we save that right now? <laughs> I just, I find it obnoxious because I want my sports talk host to concede a little bit of ground. Even if if it's hard and it's rare, every so often you got to concede a little bit. 
Because well, nobody's 100% right on everything. Correct. Or you got to be able to laugh at yourself when you're wrong. And that's where I think Christy, with yesterday's Mike and Montclair dust-up, was like, I'm right, you're the bum, I'm cutting you off. And I don't want to hear that. I I agree with that, and I think if that was his long, if he got the if he was a permanent sports talk host, and that was always his tactic with calls, it would rub me the wrong way. Mm. I didn't think that was his tactic because, as I said, okay. I think he's trying to get the sports talk. That would tick me off if that was his permanent stance. My biggest issue with him, and I hate to make a big mockery of this and laugh. You brought up a good point. If you're gonna be the fat guy in entertainment, which he will be, <laughs> okay, you got to learn to accept that you're the fat guy in entertainment and laugh that you're the fat guy in entertainment. I think. I mean, I'm not nearly as big as any of these guys. I think I do that. You embrace who you are. Yeah. I think I'm wearing a shirt. Andy Gresh does that. Uh-huh. I think Ken Carmen in Cleveland does that. Yeah. If you're at Kevin James is a guy that does yeah. that, and I shouldn't even be putting myself in the same breath as that. Chris Christie has to accept that that's who he will be. And when people call him a fat ass and bring your fat ass to the beach, you can't let them know that that bothers you and fight back with <laughs> names. Like you have to accept, like you are a fat ass, Chris Christie, and laugh about it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all interesting points. Um, so we'll see if I get a reprimand from the bosses. I don't think that I will. No. I, I think that uh, I don't think so either. If anything, you're giving more fuel to this story and more pub to the station, right? Maybe. Or the um, company. My, maybe. maybe. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> my final point is I can't believe Bilotti went after Bogish today in Trash Tuesday. Bilotti's been marinating on a lot of things back there, and he has had it. With Wimbledon in general, just I mean, well, bogus on certain things annoys him. Pete is very much by the book, and what he was talking about on Trash Tuesday with not being able to um, play a liner. All those if he you trashed bogus, but he said all of our sports anchors wait until the end of the update to get all the Wimbledon scores in, and then I miss the liner. Liner. So basically, we get emails almost every day or weekly about new quote unquote liners that we need to play to pub other programming or anything else. Yeah. And the bosses care about them. They want them played. They're made for a reason. Pete finds it, because our, our updates are a little shorter during our show, harder to get those liners in. And he has now gotten to the point where he thinks in this dead time of sports, the anchors are wasting their time with Wimbledon in general. He okay. says, how many people really care about Wimbledon, care about tennis? I kind of <laughs> side with him. This isn't 1993 anymore. And because of this... It's one thing to mention a couple of the big players. Guys like Andrew Bogus are not giving like the full scoreboard of quarterfinals in, in Wimbledon. They're Russian names. Like he said, the Russian names, they're Russian. He can't get through them, doesn't know how to say them. And it's costed Pete to be able to do his job. And Pete thinks that guys like Bogus, I'm just going to say it, I'm speak out of turn for him, are pretty lazy and not digging up other stories and wasting their time with Wimbledon, now costing Pete time. How could it be lazy if you are trying to work your way through the pronunciations of like Swedish and Russian? No, no, I don't think that part is lazy. I think he thinks it's lazy just to go, okay, Wimbledon's here, give a bunch of scores. I think he thinks they don't even belong in the updates to begin with, and you should be looking for other stories. I like that you said in 1993 is the peak of tennis craze. <laughs> well, you know, that's when we all the male American tennis stars. Well, I didn't think you would agree. I mean, what's the last time we did a big tennis story other than the, the people having sex outside the tennis court that day? You I, don't do it anymore. I mean, Serena McEnroe, that was it. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's it just doesn't register anymore. And I think Pete feels like it has no place in our updates. Just the big ones, just the big scores, just the big... Yeah, I mean, we need Nadal Federer for a 17th time updated in the update. We well, get it. Well, Nadal Federer, I think, deserves being the update. It's all, as you said, the quarterfinals of people that nobody's ever heard of. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But he has had it, he's on edge, and he just thinks bogus is being, quite frankly, a little lazy. But he didn't say bogus. He said our update anchors. Well, and bogus is like, uh, do you mean me? It's definitely He definitely meant Pete, but I would say this. He definitely meant a couple other people that he's scared of mentioning on air. 
because of reprimanding stuff from the bosses because he thinks other people wouldn't be able to take it in stride as bogus. And I'm not certainly about to drop any of those names here. Have we heard from anybody on the overnights with Amy Lawrence after we discussed them naming that Amy named her car Princess Yes, I forgot to tell you this. Apparently, Amy, a year ago, did a bit when she bought a lawnmower named My Lawnmower. Whoa. Uh, I heard this from some an inner circle. So this is an ongoing thing with her. She loves naming any inanimate objects, which, by the way, hurts her cause for naming her car because we yeah. discussed the whole car thing. If she's naming anything she buys. If a lawnmower gets named. And, and apparently I heard it was around the same time last year. So she's out of ideas when the sports calendar goes dead. <laughs> hey, I bought a carton of eggs, guys. You want to name this? We're naming lawnmowers? <laughs> We're naming a lawnmower. So at least a ride on lawnmower, I hope. I yeah, you think a, Amy's got a ride on lawnmower? I don't know, but naming a push lawnmower? I think Amy's naming a push lawnmower. At I least would a, think. a ride on lawnmower is kind of like half a car. I should circle back. The person that gave me that nugget, I got to ask, is it a ride on or a pushing? Do they know? No, it's not kind of like a car. Just because it's a steering <laughs> wheel doesn't make it kind of like a car. Do they know that we did our segment? Have we had any I fallout? Don't you know? I don't believe she's aware. Okay. Her behind the scenes people are aware, and I think they were afraid to bring it to her. Because they didn't want to, they didn't want to start anything, and they don't want to deal with anything. If you don't want to, what is it? If you don't want to start nothing, no. If you don't want to end nothing, don't start nothing. Don't st- or don't be. Yeah. Don't is want, that a DMX song? If you don't want nothing, don't start nothing. I think that's a DMX song. Could be. I gotta go look that up. <laughs> Could be. All right, that's side A, side B with the body Bellotti right now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play it. All right, welcome into Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. This is Mraz, host of Side B and the executive producer of the DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. I am joined by the man, the myth, the body, Pete, the body, Bilotti. Pete, what's going on? Oh, not much. This is like a real wacky week, I, I feel. Very very wacky week, uh, especially on the show, as we have reached peak nonsense. I think the DA Show... Maybe more so than most shows in America on a national level know how to turn up the nonsense. And we push the nonsense envelope even when sports seasons are strong and maybe sometimes too much. But right now, we are, we've are we hit All-Star Week here, MLB All-Star Week, and there is nothing going on. And we are now, we are coming off Wednesday's show as we take this, removed from having an electric car driver in studio who was awesome. I thought he was very funny. And doing, you know, 20 minutes on Italian football league teams. And Billy Ray Cyrus filling in for Rome. <laughs> right. And Jim Rome just fought, because Jim Rome will take off now during the summer on these weeks. And I apologize, this, but we're, is Billy Ray Smith is his I name? I think it's, that's it's, his name. Yeah. Filling in for Jim Rome on CBS Sports Radio following the DAA show, which you can hear 9 to noon Eastern on CBS Sports Radio. Billy Ray Smith has fallen in, and all we keep thinking is is is, is it's Billy Ray Cyrus. It, At it, first, we really thought it was Billy Ray Cyrus, and we were mixed up. And we're playing Achy Breaky Heart now out in the control room. Every time we mention it, we 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 play the one verse in Achy Breaky Heart. Don't break my heart, my Achy Breaky Heart. Oh, that was a ten out of ten, right there. So that wasn't bad, right? That wasn't bad. So we've hit just nonsensical stuff. So let's just get caught up on some behind the scenes stuff. Some. Uh, house cleaning, as we will, here on Side B of the PGP, if you're a loyal listener to the DA show. Number one, I think the GOAT of the week, and I don't mean greatest of all time, I mean just total buffoon of the week, goes to this character from, what is it, Elmira, New York, Dan, who called in early in the week and did his horrible John Sterling. Now, for those of you who listened, I don't even remember, was this Monday or Tuesday? This was Tuesday on the program. Tuesday show. 
Dan calls in and calls me behind the scenes. Now, he got on, I would say, a month ago, maybe a little more, when DA was doing his John Sterling, and he said he was a new listener to the show, and he loved DA's John Sterling, and he had a Sterling, too. And he and DA went back and forth doing their Sterling. And it was funny because DA was playing off of it and going back and forth. But he must have hung up the phone that day, Pete, and thought he had the best John Sterling impersonation in the world, when in reality, it's terrible. Oh, that was a definite hang-up-the-phone run around the room with no clothes on and think, hey, I did something great. Meanwhile, you stunk. Right. You stunk up the joint. So he thought he was great a month and a half ago. So he has called periodically, periodically, periodically? Periodically. Periodically, he has called and not got on the air, but he'll talk to me and go, oh, Sean, this is uh, Dan from, uh," and he does this whole Sterling, which by the way, sounds like me doing him sounds like him, which is not good. It's not a good John Sterling, (laughs) who's the Yankees radio announcer. And now he calls on Tuesday's show and wants to get on the air to, I guess, do his Sterling to talk about Judge and the Home Run Derby. And, boy, he got up there, and it was like Carlos Beltran that year in the NLCS with the Mets with the bat on the shoulder. I mean, boy, oh, boy, just taking pitches left and right. Awful. And DA set him up, by the way, if he had a good Sterling to deliver, and he just didn't deliver. I can't recall, Pete, at least in this time slot and for a long time, a caller that absolutely whiffed on that, thinking oh. they were funny going in. And you know why he thinks he's funny? Because he's probably one of those guys that lives in a, in a place in a log cabin. Log cabin with some, a couple of broken windows, um, uh, always eating a stack of silver dollar pancakes every morning. With, with, pancakes with in a log cabin. Log cabin syrup. <laughs> so he lives in a log cabin and has the log cabin syrup. Fishes every day on a really disgusting lawn chair. And and that's it. And, and it only has a radio sitting on a mantle. Boy, Pete, you're really giving a lot of thought to where this guy the, lives and what the life what he I has. That's what I think of with this guy. But, no, he probably doesn't have a lot going oh, on. Okay, so now controversy emerged from that caller slightly. And we love controversy in the DA show. And I'm going to ask you, Pete. A, another listener tweeted in, DA, don't make him the epic fail because that's what he's looking for. I don't buy that to you. Do you think he was looking to no, be the epic fail? No, I don't think he knew what the hell that was. I think, I think, I think he... When it happened the first time, he it didn't matter to him. Right. And I think it's the same thing. I think he legitimately thinks he is John Sterling Jr. Yeah, like, and I think he thinks that Sterling stinks. Like, that definitely, like, and he, and he definitely makes fun of him. Then why waste your time on him? But I think he thinks he does an awesome Sterling. Like, when he called in, I think he thought, like, oh, DA's going to love my Sterling. I'm going to make him laugh. But he didn't realize that DA was going to make him, that he was going to make DA laugh because he was terrible at it. First off, folks. If you're calling into the radio station, two two things you I don't do. I love how do. you're addressing everybody as folks. Yeah, two things you don't do. Impersonations that are horrible and <laughs> trivia. No one gives a damn about your trivia questions, and no one cares. So don't call in with that stuff or, or fast fact or, or try to be clever. Be yourself and call in. Don't. But if yourself includes a, John Ster- a bad John Sterling impersonation... Maybe uh, take the playoff. Boy, all right, a public service announcement from the body on what people should call and, and talk about. Well, Pete, speak since you are so angry, you might as well get into this. I'm not angry. I'm, I'm very good mood. You're in a good mood, but yes. you can tell you're a little agitated. Next week, I'm assuming you're going to be in a bad mood. And what I'm getting at is I will be taking my first full Monday through Friday five-day vacation since moving to this time slot. My first since December, actually, around Christmas week. Guys, got to use his days off. I'm yes. going on a cruise with my wife to the Bahamas, so I'm excited. And you haven't been a part of this in the past, but when I've taken random tropical vacations, there's always a good story that comes out of it. The most famous one is when I was in Cancun and almost drowned a dolphin that was giving me a ride. <laughs> 
Kiki the Dolphin. So maybe something funny will come of this, but in the process, we have formulated here at CBS Sports Radio a really weird fill-in situation for me where, Pete, you were going to stay doing your double duty of Gio and Jones and the DA show on the Wheels of Steel, but you will also take over some producing duties that I have and then a part-timer or a guy like Chris Venezzi or Andrew Kaplan who work on our web stream will take over the rest of my duties. So almost my producing duties are being split and more is being thrown on your plate, and I can't imagine you're happy about this. Well, you know, that's how it is. <laughs> no, 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 that's not how it is. If you could tell me we're on the PGP no, open. No, that's how I – look, look, it's the sponge. You're sque- they squeeze the sponge until it's completely un- undry. <laughs> so, and, 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 but, but no, it, look, it, it's – Look, I'll step up wherever I have to. That's me. That's how I am. Are you ready? Are you ready? You know the show like the back of your hand now. First of all, let's get something really straight here. (laughs) I've been here for, in this company, for a decade. I'm ready for anything. I train almost all you guys. (laughs) So, you know what? I'm ready. But, but. You sound like a coach at a press conference firing up the the troops. Yeah, no, no. It's just, um, you know, just a little extra work for the week. I, the thing that I get like all worked up about is when you add on layers to it. Okay, and one of those layers we'll get at, Pete, right. is next week when I am away and Pete will be producing and taking on those roles and doing my job, DA will be going to his former radio stop, Kansas City, for two days. And he'll, instead of taking off, he will be doing the show from Kansas City, which when he does the show from Kansas City, I don't know if you remember... When he did the show from Florida, we had some ISDN trouble. Oh, and, that was a great day. Yeah, and Bogus is doing a segment, and the whole thing, Giannotti had to stay. The whole thing was a mess. So usually these lines are okay, but the show becomes a lot more complicated when DA is by himself without a producer off-site, and then you take away the fact that I'm not here back on-site. Do you think you'll be okay in those two days? I'll be fine. We've done plenty of remotes. Fact is, um, you know, I, I just, DA should just take some time. You want him to take the days off. It's just for himself. Like, I look at it for himself. Hold on, time out. You want him to take it for yourself or you want him to take off because you don't well, want to deal with him on an ice Obviously, it'd be easier. Okay. Obviously. But no, it, I I feel you are allotted a certain amount of days. Okay. And there's a certain amount of periods of time where you should take them. And I think the summer is the big time. You, it, not, you're not taking a week during the Super Bowl. You're not taking uh, March Madness the first maybe couple days of March Madness or any of those weekends. Right. Right, if you're working that, at that time. Um, in national radio, I feel like those are the days you don't touch college football, like like in the season, unless there's something urgent. And, but like this is something like, hey, it's the summer, it's quiet. Take a couple. Of days. Take a couple of days. Well, I'm going to tell you, Pete, because you haven't worked with Da long enough. Da and I, at least the first year, I tried to match my days off with his days off, and it's what hard. I learned, what I learned very early on, it's very difficult because we're different people with different lives. You know, he's got a girlfriend, I have a wife, and you have to sync all of that together where I like to maybe take some time in the summer, some time right around Christmas, and then I go on a football trip every year. That's kind of, for the most part, my days off, right? DA will take not the time around Christmas. He'll be here, which, okay, it's football season. I like the the reset. He doesn't. But then he'll, because he doesn't take that time, he'll take time, like, right around March Madness, if not in March Madness, and then that throws me off. That starts in a couple days the summertime, he does a lot of taking Fridays off and three-day weekends. He capitalized on three-day weekends, which I actually think is pretty smart that's, if you have the that's, days. That's something that you don't realize how good three-day weekends Right, and he does a lot of that, and those will add up to a vacation by taking maybe five three-day weekends yeah. over the summer. So instead of taking these two days in Kansas City, he'll take like two more days in August on a Friday, and then he does an SEC trip every year. But really, like when you look at DA for like a full week's vacation, 
I don't know that he necessarily takes a full week at a time, but his days are all over the place sometimes, and it's going to drive you batty. I'm telling you right now. So when he does these shows from Kansas City, he's going to do them there. He's going to do the show from it's there. It's hard to really match up your schedule with a talent schedule. Right. I feel. I feel that there's a lot of other circumstances in, in people's lives that you allot for a lot of different scenarios where you're, you of know, Of course, living. because we're not just pleasing ourselves. If right. you have a significant other, you got to worry about them and their work schedule but, as well. But, you know, you know the obvious things. Don't take off uh, Super Bowl week. Right. You know, don't take off, um, you know. So your point being, there's nothing going on in the middle of July. DA, instead of doing the show from Kansas City and giving you the headache, can you just take no, the damn well, days off? Well, giving him the headache. He probably Giving had, you the headache. No, well, give, well, I mean, it, it'll give me a headache because i got to set up an ISDN line. So what? All right. Fine. <laughs> the point is, for himself... You know, like he's going down there for a family thing, I believe. Yeah. Spend time with the family. That's my opinion. Oh, well, there you go. So Pete the Body Bilotti, he won't he won't get into it, but clearly not happy look, with DA not take it off. Look, days off. You take your days off. You're allotted them. You're given the time. Take them off. And, you know, you shouldn't have to answer to anybody about what you take off for. I agree. I agree. Well, Pete, good luck next week. Safe sailing. I'll see you on the PGP in two weeks. Oh, of course. All right. You can follow Pete on Twitter. At CBS PDB, and you can at follow me CBS PDB. at CBS PDB, and you can follow me at Moraz CBS. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.